Hello, Chad. Hi, Natalie. Look at that handsome fox on the West Coast over there. Um, you could not seem cozier. Oh, well, I actually, this is my pullout couch, but I, this time uh, with things happening the way they're happening right now, I sleep on this thing on the regular. So Do you really? Big screen TVs right in front of me. It keeps me entertained at late night times. Uh, and you have like food or snacks seemingly readily available behind you in the kitchen. Yeah, that's, my house is not that big. They're always readily available. <laughs> um, I am uh, back in the guest bed for uh, In Bed with the Fitness Industry, featuring the wonderful Chad Benson today. And Chad and I were just talking about how I'm like, this is a yoga top, but it kind of looks like a pajama. And yours is a pajama that kind of looks like a fitness top or vice yeah, versa. It's a, it's, it's a pajama top that I use for fitness workouts all the time. Let's be honest, the line between what we wear for work and what we wear to bed for us has always been very fine. And it is by Under Armour and all, in all that. There honesty. you go. Just a little bit more stretchy if we're going to wear it out. A little bit more lycra, I think, if we're going to go out with it. If it's in a little bit more, you know, other cozier kind of materials. But thank you so much for joining me today. You were one of the first people to say yes to, to this opportunity. And I'm so, so glad that we could chat a little bit and let everybody know what you're up to these days and how things are going with you. I've noticed that you've been posting a ton of stuff, um, as you always have, because you have constantly, as long as I've known you, we won't say how long it's been, but as long as I've known you, we, <laughs> you've always been delivering content live in person on virtual in an elevator in whichever space that you can. Um, and now you're still doing a lot of that. So tell us a little bit about the stuff that you're focusing on right now in the content that you're putting on virtual and online for everybody to get a hold of. Absolutely. Well, you know, obviously it's a really weird time, right? With COVID-19 and all of us, basically, there's two things I've been noticing. One is that we have the need to readapt ourselves and position ourselves in an online space, which the reality is, and Natalie, and you've been doing this for a little bit, if we're being forced to do something that was necessary because the field was actually transitioning in that direction anyway, especially, yeah. in the, especially in the educational space. You're right. So either it was either going to adapt or die sooner than later anyway. So now I'm just being really forced to do so. So it's been actually been a lot of fun because it's making me think differently. And it's a problem solution mindset, right? There's a yeah. problem, come up with a solution, figure out what we're going to do with that. And then at the same time, like, you know, speaking publicly is one of my pure passions. I mean, I love being able to impact and make a difference and, and actually have the outreach. Uh, so because social media has actually now become a, a huge factor for education and or training and inspiration for people, it's the perfect opportunity for me to continue to use my voice, but without having to be in a bricks and mortar situation. Yeah, which I mean, the bricks and mortar for you, because you're the director of education for Innovative Fitness and Innovative Training Academy, it feels like a lot of that stuff you were already p posting some of the stuff, some of the content was there, but you just, so it wasn't a 180 for you. It was, I don't know what, how many degrees it was, but it was a, a quick adapt for you to start putting a lot of that stuff right when this hit, right when it happened. I noticed you were doing a lot of that stuff. Was it challenging for you or was it just a, this is where we are. Let me jump into it and see how it goes. No, in, you know, perfect point. Because no, the reality is it's, I was moving in that direction anyway and yeah. doing a lot of that stuff because, you know, when you are bricks and mortars, your reach is small. And when you're people like us who are passionate about truly passing on the information that we believe will make a difference in people's lives, we don't want to do that inside of four walls. So no matter how the, big those four walls are. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. So our, my goal has always been to try and like create outreach and to try and, you know, help stimulate positive conversation and make an impact in a different way. So that's, but I do that out of passion. Yeah. Now I'm having to look at it from a perspective of, well, how do I generate financial residual outcome because it's necessary as opposed to it just being something that I enjoy doing for the purpose of making a better industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, something both you and I have in common. I don't know what your schedule was like, but my March, April, May, June were the big chunks of events and conferences. And that's where we normally get fed and the feedback and the connections and the hugs because you're one of the best huggers in the industry. I will absolutely put that out there. I'm pretty sure you taught me me the ways. (laughs) And all of that. So from, I mean, from a revenue generating perspective, from a lead generation perspective, from a fulfillment of people actually for you, for, for the stuff that you're focused on, learning, moving better, recovering better, performing better and all of those things. How are you finding yourself being able to be fed that so far anyways? How are you adapting to that? Uh, the, the first thing I'm, I'm fortunate because as you're well aware and we as presenters and as educators, we're always looking for sponsorships. I'm a sponsored presenter. So yeah. the result of being a sponsored presenter by 360 Athletics, which have been an amazing partner of mine for a number of years now, I've been able to work closely with that company who are still doing relatively well fiscally because of the fact that home equipment supplies are in high demand. Yeah. So the result of that is that, you know, we've moved quickly and swiftly to pivot and to get me some affiliate codes and get me some additional promo codes and to work together for me to be able to post educational content that is equipment driven and therefore get affiliate um, residual income as a result. And Second to that, the conversation I just had is that, you know, we're now exploring different things like online conferences and bringing together some of our colleagues like yourself into that online space where we can generate residual income through the additional educational products that we have. So the two things I'm doing is working hard with my affiliates and with partnerships and with some of my beautiful colleagues like you. And then at the same time, working hard from behind the scenes to create some additional educational content that I can monetize when the timing's right. Yeah. I actually got an email overnight because from Australia, from Filex in Australia, that I'm pretty sure they're doing their event the exact same dates in May. They were meant to, but all streaming, all online. And so that's, speaking of pivoting, that's a quick, that's the biggest event um, in, in that country and one of the largest in the world. And so to pivot that quickly on the same date, I mean, that's tight. So, you know, more power to them for having figured that out because we're all going to have to get used to, I think things will get back to a new normal, but we're all going to have to get used to, to these events where we, there was 10,000s of us, you know, in the same you know, convention center or anything else might actually look really different for a few years to come if it's not, you know, completely different than what it was before. So, and I love that you use the, because you use the word pivot, which I'm borrowing now, but I love that you use that because from somebody who comes so much from when you and I met, you were very much focused on sports conditioning and that's, you know, years and years ago, that's where, that's where you came from. And you've taken all of that and brought it to the regular exerciser, brought it to anybody who wants to work out, move better, recover faster, et cetera. Why do all of those skill sets and all of that brain of yours and, and the movement matters piece, why does it matter as much to a regular exerciser as it would to an athlete? Great question. Uh, this, this is a, there's a long answer and a shorter answer. 
I'll try and find the in-between. Okay, deal. Okay, so the long story made short was that when I was training pro athletes, so when I was working with the Vancouver Canucks and doing some affiliate work with V210, which is an Olympic athlete profile company, I noticed that a lot of the athletes were showing up to their in-season with injuries and or I would say major movement imbalances that were leading to pain and discomfort when they should be at the pinnacle of performance and being prepared for their seasons. Right. So instead of dealing with the high performance side of preparation, we were dealing a lot with the recovery and the uh, pain adaptation and injury problems that were coming up. And mm -hmm. the result was that we weren't actually able to push the, the envelope the way we thought we'd be able to, like a training camp. Typical training camps come in, you go to work, you get really well conditioned. And so I found myself more and more working closer with the rehab teams. On Which you would have hoped they would have done on like off season, but they were coming to you like that. Interesting. They were, they were coming high performance. So they were training, they, the training season now, instead of being taking the summer off and resting, your body sort of just naturally healing itself. The training is as important as the actual sport. And the mm -hmm. result of it is that they're, they're overtraining themselves all the time and therefore residual injuries and, and major movement muscle imbalances as a result of, I would call them inappropriate training techniques for what was necessary going into their sport in many okay. cases. Hmm. So there was a gap. So basically I just saw a gap in the field and the result was me starting to spend more time with the rehab professionals trying to figure out how to take acute and chronic pain relief and move it towards performance. And what I ended up coming up with is this continuum, which is basically move better, move well, move athletically. So right. the idea is that we take people from low function to high function, no matter where someone fits on that scale, whether it's injured and trying to go back to sport, or if it's an adult recreational client who's been inactive for five years because they've had a family or a major car accident or some other, call it, issue that has prevented them from moving in a generalist kind of way. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that I have a huge opportunity to make a massive impact on people's lives beyond sport. The sports obviously like high performance sports specifically is a small population of people. Yeah. Which is, I would say very vogue and cool as a very high cool factor, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have the kind of impact and reach. And you know, as I get older myself too, to be perfectly honest, the changes that occur in your own physiology are a learning experience that the end of one learning experience has taught me so many lessons about why it's essential to continue to move athletically, but how important it is to take the steps to help people move well first. Hmm. So I'm going to put you on the spot because you and I haven't talked about this, but as you're saying this, it's making me think of these again, potentially avid exercisers or not, who's everyone's routine is a little bit different right now. And what I saw the first few weeks um, after, after the virus came out is everybody threw themselves onto high intensity workouts because they were like, I can't get to the gym. I need to burn calories. I'm, I'm gaining the COVID-19 or the whatever the heck it was called, the number of pounds that it was going to be like the quarantine 15. I heard a lot of different examples. And so they threw themselves onto that. From my perspective, from the recovery perspective, I was like, I'm worried about our adrenals. I'm not sure that that's where they need to go. And so everybody's doing stuff that's out of their routine. They're probably sitting more. They're probably on the couch, Netflixing and whatever more. Um, they might be throwing themselves into summer activities a lot quicker outdoors with their families than they normally do. Everything's just changed. If you had to pick 
either a couple of exercises, a couple of movement patterns, a couple of pieces of equipment that might still be available, what would be your like top two or three things that you're like considering how everybody's movement patterns are weird right now. Here's two or three pieces of advice that I would give to people to still stay healthy throughout this. Okay. So the, the two easiest ones are hydration and circulation. Okay. So you have to think through two and like, now you're thinking, well, he's going off on a tangent right now, nope. but I'm not. Nope. So the hydration piece is essential because it lubricates your muscular system and your fascial system. So this thing called hyaluronic acid is the liquid medium in which our muscles glide and they move. And that medium is significantly altered when your hydration levels are poor. So I say this because a lot of people are drinking a lot more. And a lot of, and a lot of people like are- alcohol. Right, exactly. Yeah. And drinking a lot of coffee to keep their brain somewhat stimulated yeah. because they're relatively bored. And or I would say more stationary than normal. Yeah. So these two compensation patterns lead to a lot of dehydration. So step one would be like overhydrate yourself so that the body, the liquid medium that's required for movement is available to you. Love that. And free, I, easy peasy. Okay. And I could I could get a little deeper about this, about some research that we've done about hydration versus dehydration when I was working with the Canadian national basketball team, or just say do it. <laughs> so it. right. And you, you can add you can add electrolytes and things like that to that you know, pattern to help, you know, the obviously the absorption of said nutrient. But okay. more importantly, and then the second one would be blood flow. So I say blood flow because that means any form of exercise with, you know, I would say anywhere from medium. So moderate to intense exercise will increase blood flow more than low intensity exercise. But blood flow in general is the number one way to improve mobility. Hmm. And I, I say this because just even this morning, I'm reading research on contractures, for example. So contractures are things that happen when you immobilize a joint as a result of a bone break, et cetera, and they're sitting in hospital beds in a, a set position. Muscles get contracted into one joint angle and then all the fibrotic material form around that joint angle. So inactivity in any shape or form, that's just an extreme case of inactivity. Yeah. Inactivity on the whole delivers fibrotic material to, because fibroblasts are being constantly created inside the muscle and inside the fascia all the time. Mm. That's a natural production process that's happening regardless if you're inactive or not. If you're active, that fibrotic material starts to get massaged on, and in different directions resembling the movement patterns of your leg. So this okay. is going to get a little deeper, but it's essential that the fibrotic material not just go in and clump like glue. So when the fibrotic material is sent to the muscle area on the regular, it's just sent to a bunch of cells and glycoproteins into this one spot. And it just sits there. It doesn't, if it gets inactive, it tangles itself and becomes okay. very unorganized like this almost. But if you start moving in set patterns, that material starts to move into the alignment of what we call the line of pull of the muscle. So it starts to move and adapt in such a way that now is designed to help generate motion and starts and will glide more freely because you have better hydration. So, so, so under that premise is moving a little bit more often better than like one hour big ass workout? 100, 1000% the correctness okay. is the move. Frequently you can move. And we've, we've known this for a long time, right? Yeah. They, they would tell you on an airplane to get up and, you know, every hour do these three stretches. They say, when you're a desk worker, here's three stretches you can do five times throughout the day. 
even when we're doing rehab work with, with clients where the range of motion is the issue, mm. the option, again, speaking back, back to this like inactivity contracture research, they tell nurses, for example, to move clients three times a day minimally through X range of motion for all said joints. Mm. So, and yet on the regular, like how many of us actually like intentionally move three to five times a day? Mm. Intentionally being right. the key word to that. Yeah. Saying so, like, I need to move a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. So which gets crazy because I don't want to get too deep with you, but if you ask me for like the best movement patterns, the keys are to get the fascia gliding. Yeah. Right. And then send the right type of information into the muscular system. So the reality is this, I get up every day and I use my vibrating foam roller. In this case, I'm like, you know, I'm affiliated with Hyper Ice and 360 Athletics. So I use that product, but they all work. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, one's vastly better than the other. Any form of vibration, foam rolling, will increase blood flow really significantly. Hmm. And if you use a technique called the pin and move technique, which you can research online, okay. uh, it's particularly made, made popular by Trigger Point and a lot of the um, certifications that was done around that particular device. So the pin and move techniques and the way the foam rollers are designed are actually designed to increase fluid viscosity into the muscles. So the stimulation of vibration instantly increases blood flow. Hmm. Pressure, so again, just to yeah. get a little bit deeper about it, when you put pressure on a foam roller, so if I lie on a foam roller, for example, mm -hmm. and I put pressure on my quad, I'm doing a, like a, just lying on it, and I put them sitting on it. And the minute I take the pressure off, you get this, and then again, I don't want to sound like a weird scientist, but I am, so here it is. <laughs> you get this thing called reactive hyperemia. So you actually get, the minute you take the pressure off the muscle and it, you release it, more blood flow goes into that area because it yeah. was occluded. So previous occlusion leads to additional blood flow. So the result of that is that blood becomes that liquid viscosity that's part of the fluid that's necessary for this fascial glide stuff to start happening. So, mm -hmm. so A, vibration, B, foam rolling first thing in the morning. And this is like very common for me to do is actually part of my morning routine is I get up and have about a five to eight minute routine, be, depending on how groggy I still am. Okay. That I move myself through that is designed to get the fascia in my lower back, the fascia in my hips, and the fascia, particularly the, the feet, because the feet have a lot of durotomes in them and a whole mm -hmm. bunch of sensitivity that helps stimulate the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. And I roll through those limb patterns, plus my, the fascia in my lower back, which is called the thoracolumbar fascia which is essential because people are sitting so much that becomes really tight and restricted. Yes. And instantly with the combination of blood flow and the foam rolling done, done even on the most rudimentary level will help. Okay. Right. So, so that'd be step one. Yep. Foam Water. Roller, vibrating foam roller with vibrating foam roller moving and frequently throughout the day um, is the best, the, the easiest, most accessible ways um, yep. for us to, to stay as healthy as possible um, and not have bizarre injuries come out from all of these things. And let me finish it off just a little bit. So then what I usually do then is fluid motion. So like, you know, take the most simple example of this would be like your basic dynamic warm up, but like arm swings. Yeah. Easy leg swing patterns, like just done rhythmically, like yeah. moving your arms in different directions, dancing gently, fluidly in different directions, like really trying to gyrate your body, like not to sound sexual, but basically gyrate your joints in your body as many possible ways as frequently as possible. Yeah. The combination of foam rolling and gyration 
or what we would call, you know, a gentle ballistic stretch will keep your fascial fascia healthy so that when you do the intensity workouts, mm. your body's free to move and yes. has the spring back mechanism that's required because mm. that catapult spring mechanism is your fascia. Mm. And if your fascia is unhealthy, you're fight. Pardon my French. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't French, but I'll take it. Yeah. All right. That was so, English French. That was, yeah, it was Fringlish. So water, <laughs> um, movement, especially first thing in the morning, uh, vibration, foam rolling, some form of movement. And then, like you said, that gentle ballistic moving um, at essentially every day. And then the workouts when you feel compelled to do those. Yeah. And that program, in my words, is called fascial fitness. You have fascial fitness, then you'll be able to train all other components of fitness freely without risk of injury. And that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's really interesting. I'm definitely going to try some of that because there's a few things that have been feeling a little bit stiff around here for sure. Um, so there's stuff. And I actually, when the second you mentioned water, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, again, you're out of your routine. So if you're used to whatever the bottle you normally take with you throughout the day, you might not have there. And, and yeah, you're drinking more coffee. You're drinking more alcohol because every night's a weekend. It's like the longest weekend. <laughs> it feels like a bit of a weekend. Um, we're going to head into 2020 or continue into 2020 in something that was different than what we all expected. I would love to know, knowing that things are different than what you had planned, knowing that, um, you know, you're adapting, you're pivoting, you're doing all of this. What do you do in order to stay, you know, optimistic and in order to stay stimulated and in order to stay grateful and happy in what you're looking forward to in the rest of the year? There's two things I practice on the daily. One is authenticity and one is normalcy. So I do everything in my power to keep my normal routine that I would have had before COVID. Okay. And for me, that means getting up at five o'clock in the morning. And it's not intentional. It's just my natural biological rhythm. So I go to bed at a set time, say around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. That will consistently wake me up at five o'clock in the morning. As, and then I go and do my morning routine. And the minute I start my morning routine, it, it stimulates my brain and my mind and my body in ways that are familiar to me. Mm. So as soon as that's done, I then instantly go into creative mode. Mm. The actual blood flow, the, the mindset of I'm still trying to be productive and still trying to make a difference. Because I, I never think about it from a perspective of income ever. I never think how am I going to generate money. I think how am I going to help the industry and as a result position myself to generate revenue as a result of opportunities. Mm. And so that puts me there right away. So then next step, while I'm doing that five-minute routine, because it's a routine, I start mentally preparing a list of things I'm going to work on that day. Okay. Then I actually go to the computer while the coffee's still brewing, and I type out the four or five things that I want to work on that day. And they're usually in alignment with big goals. So I've already set up, like, this is what I want to achieve for mm -hmm. this month, for example. Mm -hmm. So the result is then that that morning framework goes back to where I'm trying to go. And that's what I, I do it on the day. And that result puts me into the headspace of being productive personally, which makes me happy and grateful. Mm. And then also puts me in the headspace and the mindset of, I want to make a difference. Yeah. And, how, and then I just have to think through the lens of, platform is the most effective platform right now and the result of COVID is that the platform is online 
so I started adjusting my, you know, my goals in accordance to making an impact online. Hmm. That's, Thank you for that's, sharing that. And that's where it starts. That's where it starts. Um, yeah. I need to tell you, you are make a difference, making a difference. You always have made a difference and you continue to do that. And I appreciate the piece of it that's authentic. So, um, you know, we can feel like we're being really authentic, but as an observer and as a friend and as a colleague, uh, I can assure you that everything you're doing now is still authentic you still really authentic chad and i'm so grateful for that because it helps all of us connect with that and connect with ourselves and stay stimulated and stay optimistic knowing that um, some of the most incredible leaders in their industry are able to move forward i think there's a lot of pressure on us to be the happy go lucky optimistic forward-looking people and we need to give ourselves times to have moments to like slip off from that and then slip back on in a moment like this but it's nice to see that you are finding your groove and that you're staying yourself and uh, you're reaching out to us in any way you can. So I thank you for that. I'm so grateful for your time, Chad. And I also want to, I also want to say this and I appreciate that too, but um, although I get up five o'clock every morning, at least one day a week to maintain my authenticity, yeah. I probably drink till five o'clock in the morning <laughs> and party, party like no one's watching. Cause the reality what's, is no one, no one is watching. What's your drink of choice, my friend? Uh, well, it, it shifts. It's definitely a shifter, but I, uh, I, hay owls are very common fun. They're just fun. Hay owls are fun, but vodka and Red Bull type concoctions are vodka. Oh my. <laughs> well, okay. if you're going to go to bed at 10 most nights and all of a sudden you're going to tell your body it needs to stay up till five. So you can, need so something. You can, we need a little extra kick, which again, not healthy at all. The farthest thing from healthy. And I've given myself for a long time that permission to have fun and yeah. just let my, let my no hairline down. Yeah. Oh, bless. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate your time. I'll let everybody know how they can uh, connect with you, find you if they, they're looking for anything else related to some of the stuff we've talked about here, or just be able to follow you on social and keep up with this authentic self that you're being. I really appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully we will hug again soon. It does feel weird. We, I think, can we do a fake hug right now? We can do. Ready? Come yes. on in close. Yep. Get it. Squeeze. You're such a good squeezer. Ugh. I can almost I can almost remember that feeling from the last time you gave me a hug. So that was awesome. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Love you.